to For All Mumkind, the podcast. A podcast for mums, by mums. My name is Pamela, and in each episode, I will sit down and chat to a mum about motherhood. The ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a chef, food writer, food photographer, and mum to Liam, Cahill and Hazel. It's Lily Higgins. Welcome, Lily. Thank you. It's so funny hearing my kids' names called out. I'm like, how does she know? <laughs> So we were just chatting before this. We've actually yeah. been following each other on Instagram for, we think, about 10 years. I'd say about 10 years. Yeah, I know. And I I feel like such a psycho saying that. <laughs> um, but I think when I first started on Instagram, like anyone that followed me, I'd be thinking like, oh my God, hi. You know, and like, you know, you'd follow them back straight and we'd want to get to know them and everything. It's yeah. like, you know, your first day in school sort of thing. Um, but we've held on to each other we through have. that time we have, you know. Have. Um, but I think it's really nice seeing people that you're familiar with you know, popping up on your feed as well as, you know, vegan Australians that are living, you know, on an island now or something. You know, it's nice to see, you know, people that you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, but it's great to finally meet you. You don't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really love the podcast as well. It's such a good idea. Thank it's you a really so much. good idea. Yeah. So, Lily, you're a mum to tree, mm-hmm. but you come from a large family of eight. Yeah. So you must have had a mad childhood. Well, we did, like, I'm, so I'm kind of in the middle, as in that I'm fourth, you know. Um, so I'm sort of a typical middle child, but it was great having, you know, three older than me and four younger than me. And I could kind of go whatever side I wanted, you know. Um, but we were just constantly like a little pack all the time. Um, but I didn't think, you know, I'm going to recreate this and have loads of kids myself or anything. You know, I just, there was always smaller siblings. So I never, like was very maternal when I was small I don't think because we were all kind of in it together straight away um, and I think that that was really good because it just showed uh, you know how the, you have to kind of mind each other and like my older sister Etty is very maternal sort of an eldest I think it's a real eldest thing as well that you have to kind of look out for the youngers so she was really good um, and then I could kind of do the biggie grown up things like going to cinema or I could do the smaller things like going to you know the park or whatever so it was good in that way Um even though there was no park, actually, because we were in rural Ireland. But you know what I mean? Yeah. That type of the thing. Field. The field. <laughs> you go into the field. <laughs> go into the field there, up to the farm. That's where it's all, my granddad's farm. Um, so that was really good. So I just loved being part of a gang, basically, and having yeah. a gang at home and having a gang in the house the whole time. Um, just love it, being amongst them. You know, it was really good. And do you think that shaped you as a mum then? Um, I think so, because I can kind of cope with the panic and the mayhem and the you know, everything that comes with, you know, when we come in the door, we all kick our fresh shoes and then there just ends up being a million pairs of shoes, you know. So like, I'm not a perfectionist and I'm not neat or tidy and I'm always late for everything. So, but it doesn't bother me that much, you know. Like I'd say, you know, when you, with three kids, I'd say it would have been a shock to me to think like, there's so much stuff, you know. But instead I was just like, yay, here's all the stuff that's so familiar to me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just kind of happy to have my own gang now as well, you know, Um, which is really nice. But at the same time, I can't imagine what it would be like with eight kids. Like three is is perfect now for me, you know, that's loads. And your mum must have given you great advice. Haven't had eight. Um, yeah, do you know what? She's really good at sort of having a hands-off approach. She's really good at that. She'd never put pressure on you to, you know, if the baby's crying, she'd never say, you should do this, this and this, you know. She'd just say, you should just be there basically to, you know, give you the burp cloth or whatever it was. So that was really, really handy. Like she was, um, uh, Liam was the first grandchild of everyone. Oh. So that was really good. But it was also, um, nobody had seen a baby in years, you know. <laughs> So people weren't used to holding babies or, 
you know, and like my youngest sister was only like 16 or something. She had no interest, you know. Yeah. So um, so it was kind of tough in that respect. Like, see, my other sister's now having babies and everyone's like, oh, give them to me. It's fine and I'll take them. And, you know, you go and have a lie down and I'll do this. And like, there was none of that for me when I had my first because it was so new to me and so new to everybody. And Mammy's really good. She'd always say as well, everything's completely different from when she had us as well. You know, so there's a million different things. So she's really, she would do something if you ask you yeah. know, but that's that's it. Like she she would be very hands off with that. She, like she doesn't fuss over you, or she's not a helicopter parent. You yes. know, sort of way. Sort of just constantly hovering. So um, so that was really good. So Liam was like the guinea pig. Yeah, totally. for the whole family for everything. <laughs> yeah, for everything. The poor fellow. So he's only seven now, but he's so good. He's so so good. Um, and then was pregnant with Liam then my actual young sister Rosie thank God got pregnant with her little girl Aveen so there's only a few months between them which has been really good you know they're buddies um, they're yeah they're great buddies and sort of you know mortal enemies as well which is good we've sort of laughed they're, they're like chalk and cheese you know so it's been kind of funny <laughs> so it's been kind of funny um, seeing the two of them growing up side by side you know she's really neat and proper and he's just totally messy like you know a real boy like um, so that's been really good and Rosie has been pregnant as well with um, her little girl Sadie when I was pregnant with Hazel so it's been really nice to sort of do yeah. that together you know um, and just to sort of have someone as an ally at the end of the phone going through the same days that yeah. you know I'm going through as well which is really good Because there are as things go on the week by week with a newborn you are kind of on the same path Oh totally yeah and just sort of to know what's going to happen after you know like I remember saying to her you know she's going to smile any day you know she's six weeks old she's wait for the smile and I think they always smile at exactly the right time just when you need it you know <laughs> because you're kind of being like okay this is relentless you know and then they smile and you're like oh it's okay again actually <laughs> so I remember saying to her just keep an eye out now for that smile any second that smile you know and sort of thinking like oh, oh. <laughs> you know, I hope she'll be okay you know and then getting a text and being like she smiled you know so it's been really good that way yeah exactly um, and sort of to build our friendship through that as well has been really good yeah because that's that's changing the dynamic really isn't it oh it, it really is you know from sort of being sisters to both being mothers it's completely different you know um, and as you know like all your priorities change as well so yeah <laughs> life altering um, so it's been really good that way though you watched her pregnancy and you had your own pregnancy and obviously your births and they were so close in time like did your each pregnancy be the same? Like, were you very different from your sister? Well, she was really sick. Really? Uh, yeah, and I think the fact that she was having a girl as well. Um, and say when I was just like seven weeks pregnant with Liam, so just, just pregnant with Liam, um, I got pleurisy, you know, that with your yeah. lungs. Um, so then we had to go to... ER and I didn't know what it was and then they were saying oh, it's pleurisy it's fine you just take this antibiotic and I said oh, perfect you know so just give it to me I'm seven weeks pregnant by the way and then they said oh you can't take anything so you can just take paracetamol <laughs> so then <laughs> I had to just like actually take to the bed like a Victorian lady yeah. wheezing for like two weeks you know um, so it was different in that way and then there was fierce excitement with everybody of course because I had to tell everyone that I was pregnant yeah. because I was just so ill um, but then everyone thought that, you know, you have to become like a frail Victorian lady when you're pregnant. So Rosie's Rosie's pregnancy was different than she was. She was just very sick. Like I, I actually never was sick with any of them. I just felt nauseous, you know, and had to eat all the crackers. But that was it. Like, I think it was very lucky. <laughs> but she was very sick, the poor thing. So it was very different in that sense. Um, but like we both were very focused on healthy pregnancies and like eating to fuel us and the baby and... You know, it was great even seven years ago having an app on my phone, you know, every day checking in with what's yeah. happening and I should be eating Amigas and, you know, things like that were really good as well, you know. And your births then, they were they were obviously close together and were you yeah. both in CUMH? 
Yeah, we were, which was really good. I just, you know, I thought they were brilliant. I went to the midwives clinic, you know, so it wasn't, there was nothing um, majorly complicated with my pregnancy, so it was great. Um, and yeah, I was just, it was all very different. I mean, with the first baby, you know, you have your file and myself and Colm used to just go up there and we go for coffee afterwards and it was all very relaxing and nice and, you know, and they were doing some study at the time where, you know, they had to like scan the baby and stuff so we signed up for the study and it was great, you know, we were able to see him and everything um, and we found out that it was a boy as well. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was just very straightforward. It was, you know, totally fine and then, um, I, on the 5th of December, I was, I had a big Land Cruiser type GP thing at the time I was driving that and I went and got a Christmas tree because I love Christmas, you know. So I went and got a Christmas tree, was pulling it out of the boot and I was thinking like, oh, you know, I'll just actually leave it there. I was going to put it up and everything, but I thought I'll actually leave it there because I can't really carry it, you know, yeah. any further. And then, um, then that night was sort of thinking, I have to finish the baby's blanket tonight. So I knitted the blanket, went up to bed, woke up, said to Colm, actually... I'm in labour now, so went and had Liam. <laughs> but I always think we always make sure we have the Christmas tree in the house for his birthday now every 6th of December. Because yeah. <laughs> I always think I was in such a rush to get the Christmas tree. And it was definitely pulling it out of the boot. Did it like, I mean, I shouldn't have done that, obviously. But um, so were you early? Was he early? He was two weeks early. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what I did, and I think it's a good tip for people if you're pregnant with your first baby, is we didn't actually tell people. We told people a week at the, the Due date was a week after it actually was. Yeah. Because I thought people would just be watching me like, hen with an egg, you know. Yeah, and they were as it was like. Like it was like November. Everyone was like looking at me sort of saying like, any minute, any minute, any minute. She's huge, you know. So then um, it was actually great. We just went to the hospital ourselves. You know, we didn't have to get any other baby minded or anything. We yeah. just went to the hospital ourselves. And then um, it was like a 12 hour labour, just kind of in and out. I was I was taking gas in air and I shouldn't have because it made me feel sort of woozy. You know, I prefer being sort of more in control for it. Um, and then, so I was like on gas and air and everything and then just had Liam. It was just long labour, you know. And like the only birth plan we had was um, sort of no birth plan, actually. We had sort of had no, it was delayed cord clamping for the other two, but that was the only thing we yeah. specified. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of straightforward, but I mean, it was fine. It was totally fine. I think I've been really lucky with stuff. <laughs> and the fact that you've tree. I know. And I just think, I just think I'm very, very lucky. Um, you know, you hear horror stories about like, you know, stitches and things like that. Like I was, I've always been really, and I don't know if I should boast that I never need stitches. I don't know that a thing to boast about. <laughs> I think it is because I, I always just presumed like you would and I had stitches. So yeah, I always think we need to share the positive birth stories because when I was pregnant, yeah. all I heard was these horror stories. I know, and, and I was you just do really going, hear them. It's yeah. so traumatic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think I was very lucky. Um, He was early, so he was only, you know, 7, 11 or something. He wasn't a big baby, you know. Um, So that was really good and they had to keep him in actually for two days and I remember them saying like, you know, you can head home, you know, and I was kind of thinking, I can't go home with no baby, like, that's yeah. so weird. Um, And I tried to feed him couldn't feed him really he was a neonatal he had a sort of a wheeze or something they were saying but I mean he was actually fine and we took a moment I remember I had set my alarm to go down and try and feed him and I when I went down to neonatal they were like no just go back to bed you know we're after giving him a bottle you know and first I was just like oh you know and you're so tired and your new mother and I really wanted to feed him but it just wasn't it just wasn't happening it really wasn't so then when we had Cahill I just went to a lactation consultant and I was like look this I want to feed the baby basically yeah. um, and Cahill Cahill came along 13 months after Liam so they're they're very close yeah. in age and his birth was amazing just really really fast I mean 
I remember Cullum stopped to get money at a bank link. And I remember just holding on to the uh, front of the car, the dashboard, sort of thinking, get the money, get the money. I remember he was like waiting for it and he was sort of going, and he waved at me in the car. And I was like, Cullum, I'm going to kill you. Like, just get in the car. So we just made it to the hospital to have Cahill. So that was really great. You know, very stress-free birth. That was brilliant. Cullum was getting money for snacks, actually, because he thought the last labour was 12 hours. Like, he was starving. So he was like, I'm just going to stop off and get some money for snacks. Um, but your call was there like within, you know, an hour against hospital type thing. He was there. So it was perfect. And then, uh, oh, so God, I had a tongue tie. So I remember one of the nurses coming in, she's saying, oh, he's beautiful. I was like, thanks, Millie. And she's got, oh, he's got a little snake, a little snake tongue. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> what a way <laughs> I was to ready describe to it. Kill her. I was like, oh, what? You know, I'd never heard of it, you know? No. And she's like, he's got like a little, you know, like a little, and I was like, what the hell? So then I'd say she realised that I was a uh, crass or sort of totally confused. So then she brought in a really handsome doctor and she was like, this is, you know, a doctor and he's got a tongue tie. So I was just saying to him, what's what's that like? Well, I don't know what that, that is, you know. And he was sort of explaining to me and he said, look, you know, I have it and this is it. And he showed me in his mouth and he was like, you know, it's totally fine, blah, blah. So I was thinking, okay, you know, it's fine. So the handsome and doctor has it, so it's okay. Yeah, it's like, you're <laughs> handsome. You're a doctor. <laughs> My dressing gown is really short all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just thought, okay, so he'll be fine. You know, he could he could possibly be a doctor, like my son. <laughs> um, so, and we didn't find out what Cahill was going to be a boy or girl because I thought with a second, you know, it, it kind of, did, it didn't matter that Liam was going to be a boy or girl either. Yeah. But I was just thinking for the second one, it, it, you know, we really didn't mind what we were having. Um, and I really felt strongly as well after I had Cahill that it wasn't going to be my last baby, you know. Okay. I sort of thought there'll be at least one more baby after this baby and this is great. And, um, yeah, so he was seven, eight, I think. And he was a week early as well. It used to take about an hour to feed him every single time, I think. Mostly And that because was down was, to the tongue tie, you think? I think it was, you know. Um, and did you think about getting it released? Yeah, I did, you know. And you know, you're in such a fog, you know. Oh, completely. So I had him um, like that, and you know, feeding for an hour. And then I had like Liam, who had just turned one, you know, sort of, you know, trying to make him patient with the whole feeding thing yeah. as well, you know, because he just wanted to get up and go all the time. But I think... Like I always say, 2013 was just a write-off. Like it was just a write-off. And like, I remember when I was heavily pregnant with him, I was editing my second book. And when he was born, I was just finishing up stuff with it. And I think he was maybe three or four months old when the second book came out. But I mean, I was in no way to go and promote that book. Or, you know, you need to get out there and promote, promote. But I just thought, no, like, you know, I'm really happy with the book. And, you know, I've got a one-year-old and a four-month-old or something. I'm not... I can't do any more with that now. Like I just need to focus on him. Um, so and I think when you're working for yourself as well, there's no maternity leave. You know, no. I was just constantly, I was writing with Sunday Business ty- um, Sunday Business Post at the time and I started a column every single week. And since they're both early as well, of course, I hadn't planned anything. I hadn't done like <laughs> backup ones or anything. So I remember the public health nurse being there and I remember I did a mushroom and polenta dish and it was there with all the, you know, and the, and the whole thing was set up to photograph it. And she came in and she was just like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and I was like, yeah, we're doing great. Yeah. Um, I bought him to the lactation consultant. You know, I'd say she was thinking like, she's nuts. Um, but yeah, I just kind of worked through it and kind of looking back now, I'm just thinking, oh, you know, they were such babies. Like I should have said, like, I'm going to take two weeks after, you know, just had a baby. Yeah, I know. But I think you know? we have... I definitely find it, I mean, that we have kind of a guilt that mm. I can do it all, it'll be okay. And I think as well, you underestimate, well, I, I'm very guilty of this, of how long things take. Oh, so definitely. like, you, you know, you wouldn't have probably considered the amount of time it would have taken before of preparing a meal and 
you know, taking photos for yeah. it. But actually, when you're under pressure with a baby, things like take extra long. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can't like pick up the baby and say, we're just going to go outside foraging for edible flowers because I kind of need them for this chocolate cake. You know, bear with me. You know, so yeah, like you just couldn't do stuff with that. And even going to get ingredients, you know, like I love the farmer's market. I have to go to, you know, at least one once a week. There's loads in Cork and they're brilliant. Um, and I remember it wasn't like I had a sort of a black sort of Phil and Ted's double buggy and it was just too heavy, you know, like it was too heavy when I was heavily pregnant with you know, a six month old and it was yeah. too heavy when I had the two boys as well. Like they were, you know, ended up being big babies and they were just too heavy. So I just got a um an out and about double, you know, brilliant and was just such a game changer because I was able to bring it to the market. It was really lightweight, I was able to bring it for walks, everything, you know. So um I think it's having the right kit as well, you know. Like I got that for I think about 80 or from some woman who had it for her twins for four years or something and it was totally battered. But I was yeah. just like, it's perfect. It's just what I need. Like, it's actually perfect. So what was the most daunting for you as a mum? Was it your first pregnancy? Was it going from one to two or two to three? I think probably the the first is such a shock, you know, but I was, you know, a bit concerned about the one to two because Liam was so small as well, you know. Yeah. And then actually my mother got me a book called Coping With Two. It was a really, really good book. Um, and basically it's set out like all the chapters are, you know, you could, it's like, you know, are, are your kids, what's the age gap between the kids? And they, you know, if they're both under three, do this. If they're, you know, if one is, you know, newborn and one is five, you can do this. It's, there's really good advice in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's called Coping With Two. And it was just kind of like, if they're both crying and one's a year old and one's a newborn, who do you go to first? Yeah. Just, you know, things like that. So that was really good. Yeah, but um, I just kind of realised, you know, for 2013, I have to just stay put where I am and try not to do as much, Um, which is kind of hard when you're working for yourself, but it just, it sort of worked out fine that year. And I kind of do felt like I sort of threw Liam, who was the eldest at Cullum, you know. I was just sort of saying to Cullum, like, he's yours there. So, so we basically were sleeping in two separate rooms because... Liam used to want to be in the bed every single night. Kyle used to want to be in the bed every single night. You know, I was feeding him and I'm really not strict at all. Like, you know, whatever baby's being fed was in the bed and I just, you know, they never had, like even now they still wake up loads at night and, you know, there's loads of us in the bed and everything. So I just, I'm really not good at, you know, he's in his own room now or anything, yeah. you know, that's kind of never really happened. But, I, you know, I think it's fine and it's such a short period of time as well. It is. You know? So, um, and when you're kind of sleep deprived anyway, it's it's just, you know, it makes it a bit easier, it's fine. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when they're in within reach as well, I find yeah. that really comforting, you know, because just listening to their breathing and stuff, you know, when you first bring them home from hospital, it's like, how am I supposed to sleep? Because who's going to mind him, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> I found that really hard, even in the hospital and bringing Alice home, that whole at night sleeping. Yeah. You just be like, is she okay? Yeah, that yeah. really, I didn't expect it. I don't know what I thought really. It's just, yeah, definitely. I think it took me uh, like a, maybe almost like two or three months to kind of go she's okay you don't need yeah. to keep looking at her in my time it was really I found it really unnerving yeah Um. and Alice is still in our room at the moment and like I love waking up to her and I love going to sleep her and I love watching her sleep yeah the thought that she's at some stage going to have to go into her own room oh. is actually <laughs> like I don't, I don't know I'm like I, I don't know. wonder how she'd feel at 16 still being in my room <laughs> I know and I think it's it's very comforting like hearing them sleep yeah. as well it's very comforting you know it's kind of easier to go to sleep hearing that they're in a nice sleep as well you know I think that's good and I think there's no rules like there's no one saying you know you know she's eight months old what the hell are you doing in your room you know you can do whatever you yeah. want I think you know so the fun thing about being a parent yeah. <laughs> we make the rules <laughs> 
three babies later, you're talking about you actually had good pregnancies and good births. Yeah. How is your body overall after the three pregnancies? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, I think it's kind of having like three under four is it's obviously going to take its toll, you yeah. know. Um, and like Hazel was nine fourteen, so she was just like a massive baby. She and was, was she on time baby. or was she early? She had to be induced on the day she was born because um, I was just there was just so much fluid around her and she hadn't engaged basically. She, she was just sort of floating there with no intention of going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And she's still the exact same. So um, so when I went in for my final appointment, they were just saying, OK, look, just go home and get your bag and come back up, basically. Yeah. So we did that. It was uh, in May. So it was like a lovely summer's day and everything. And like my parents took the two boys and they were all hanging out in our house. And that was it was totally fine. Um, but yeah, it was just oh, being induced. So like every single pregnancy is so different. Every birth is so completely different. So I was just walking around the hall, you know, like with Cahal, it was like, you know, in the wheelchair, in the lift, you know, the nurse really panicking, pressing the button to get us the labour word but Hazel then it was like just walking around waiting 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 it was just unreal like so I just think every single birth is different um, but yeah she was fine she was a big baby but she was fine but then um, I did hemorrhage afterwards which I think happens with a lot of people with their third babies I don't know why I don't know it's because the womb is like contracting and yeah. expanding so much yeah. and especially in such a short space of time as well four years to have three um, so like that was really traumatic but I didn't really think about it till like a few weeks afterwards, you know. I was just thinking, whoa, that was a tough one. Um, and it was fine because I could see Hazel was with Cullum. Like he, you know, he took her straight he away. There, he was holding yeah. her and she was perfect. She was massive and she was just doing great. You know, they put her on the thing to weigh her and she kicked yeah. off all the, um, you know, she was just like kicking off, you know, all the little utensil things they have around the place. Yeah. Um, so like she was really healthy and that was really good. Um, but just I lost a load of blood, you know, and it was the last thing I needed really. Yeah. It was just to lose so much because I was like, oh no, like I need all that. Like, and did you just stay energy. longer than in hospital? Or? No, I didn't. It was just the same. same. Like, yeah, it was just the same. Just it was like, we just need to stop all the bleeding, you know. And I had had no um, epidural. So then um, they were saying, you know, we might have to bring you into theatre, like, and everything. And I was just like, oh, that's so annoying now because, you know, <laughs> after doing all this, like, so, um, but they didn't in the end. Then, like, they managed to, like, stop the bleeding and everything. So it was fine. But I was thinking, like, you know, women are incredible and it's just still so barbaric. Yeah. The whole thing is so medieval, like, you know. Yeah, it is. It really is, like. And, you know, I just think women are incredible to have babies and to keep having babies. And, you know, sort of, it's just, it is just incredible. So I was delighted that Hazel was a girl. We didn't know that she was going to be a girl or a boy, but I wasn't fussy either. But I felt really strongly that she was a girl the Did whole you? time. Just as soon as I got pregnant with her, I was just thinking, I'm pregnant with a girl. This is the girl, you know, straight away. It was like I knew her. Um... And as soon as she was born and I held her, I just felt like, now this is, we're all here now. Aww. You know, if I like just ticked her off the roll list, you know, she's <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> so, um, so that was really good. And, uh, and she was a brilliant baby and, it, you know, it was hectic having the three of them as well for a few years. But I mean, she's nearly four now and I can kind of see, like I did think as well, just sort of getting back to like how your body is with it. I did think like I need to get out walking. I need to, you know, the boys are both in play school now yeah. and, you know. I have a newborn, the boys in play school, I should be walking and stuff. But I think it was a bit kind of hard on myself to have those expectations because like, that's crazy. And you know what they say, but when you're, when your baby's born, you've got like a plate sized scar inside of you so that, you know, you should just take it easy, you know. So it's only now that she's nearly four that like I've started running again and, you know, I actually feel stronger, you know, um, and I'm doing Pilates and just like, just even this year, like I'm just kind of, I just feel that strength 
coming back. It's come back, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually crazy, you know. Um, so I think we just need to take our time. And obviously food is a huge part of you and what you do mm-hmm. um, for your career. So does your love of food transfer onto the kids? Yeah, like I think... Um, like so I make kombucha and stuff at home and then Liam the eldest loves it you know like he really loves it and then the other day he was just like you have to show me how to make this you know I was kind of thinking oh yeah like I I'm kind of making it the whole time in front of them and doing everything in front of them because they're always there and I'm always there with them but I never sort of thought like you know to do the steps you know so now he makes it with me now every week and that's really good Um, and they love you know like most of the stuff I have in the garden um, is edible like just I love I love having herbs in the garden so like you know, I love saying to them, will you go and get me parsley or go and get me oregano? And then they know what it is. And yeah. so um, and I bring them to the markets all the time, you know, so seeing food at the farmer's markets, I think is really good, even though there's not that many like producers at the farmer's market now, you know, but so they know like we get raw milk from a woman called Anne and then we get our lovely chicken from a woman called Annie. You know, so I can say to them, you know, bring over the empty bottles to Anne and, you know, get eight or whatever and, you know, bring the egg cartons back and give them to Annie and this sort of thing. So yeah. they really kind of know where the food comes from and, you know, where we get our bread and things like that. So I think that's really good. Like, the eldest is amazing. He'd eat anything. Um, Carl is a bit more of an air plant, sort of. You know? <laughs> He's a bit more sort of fussy with stuff, you know. Um, but they all eat really well, you know. Um Cahal is probably just a bit fussy with vegetables and things like that. But I think, you know, I'm not going to force it on him. And he's constantly surrounded by food anyway. So that's really good. Um, and we get like a weekly delivery of vegetables and fruit and stuff, just like a creative organic stuff. And you don't know what's going to be in it that week. So I'm always sort of thinking like, oh, a red cabbage. Oh, my God. You know, they're just rolling their eyes, I'd say. <laughs> but I think it's good for them just to see, you know. Yeah. Um, and and adds, it varies up the meals as well. And what does like, because like, I have to cook different things all the time as well, you know. So I do cook different things all the time just for work and just for like research and whatever I'm doing, like whatever project I'm working on. So they are constantly eating different things and they're obsessed with what different people around the world eat as well, you know. So they say like, what, what is, who eats adobo chicken again? I'm saying, oh, that's the Philippines, you know, everyone in the Philippines, it's their favourite dish. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, can we do that tonight and stuff? And so they all have favourite foods like from different countries that they are obsessed with, you know. Yeah, so they're obsessed with Italy because they're thinking like, wow, lasagna and pizza came from one incredible place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and pasta <laughs> they're genius I know they're just discovering the carb Carbs. Um, carb kingdom um, so yeah so they're all very interested in food and I have like you know special cookbooks as well um, like whose one is really good um, I can't think of any names but I'm going to get the green kitchen have one as well particularly for kids at the moment so I'm going to get that and I just have a few set of cookbooks at home that they Use, look yeah. through and they pick out stuff themselves, you know. Um, and as they get a bit older as well, like I'm going to get them more involved in the kitchen. But at the moment, it's just kind of like chopping mushrooms with butter knives, that sort of <laughs> stuff, you know. And how did you find weaning them? The baby led weaning stuff wasn't really around at the time. Yeah. Um, but I was still doing things like blitzing up avocado and um, bananas and stuff. But I probably would do that I see my sister doing now with her little boy Jonah is just starting with all the real savoury things. Like yeah, giving him broccoli. Yeah. And you know, because I was kind of thinking banana, you know. So I was like, banana, sweet potato, pears, you know, disaster. Like they're all dessert things really, you know. So um, I was kind of giving them sweet things like that um, just to sort of encourage them. Yeah. And I wouldn't be doing things like, mmm, as I give to them, you know, I should be doing that with everything. Whereas I was just like, you know, mmm, pear, you know, let's just get through the broccoli, you know. So um, <laughs> I would kind of do that differently. I'd say there's just so much knowledge out there now, yeah. you know. And, and I would have done the same, except it was actually a friend of mine. Um, Alice is two weeks ahead, but she had a boy and he had a big appetite. So mm. she was actually 
kind of almost in you know in food terms almost like a week to two weeks ahead of us yeah. and she was like do not give them fruit she was like he loves the fruit now he won't eat any savoury so I was oh, like really? okay so I in the poor Alice never got fruit for the first few weeks it was everything was to yeah. get the get as much veg into her as I could yeah um but then, like, her favourite is avocado and banana mashed together. Oh, imagine that, like, say, John, put a bit of cocoa powder in there and a little bit of maple syrup. You've got a chocolate mousse, it's vegan. And as a mum, there's a lot of noise out there. Do you know about, like, what camp are you in? Are you baby dead reading? Are you spoon feeding? Are mm-hmm. you feeding yourself? Are you bottle feeding? Is there any advice for any mum out there who's, that you just kind of ignore the noise and just choose your own path? Well, I think even with, say, with the breastfeeding, like Liam wasn't breastfed really. Like, you know, I said it pumped for weeks and it was just a big thing and such a huge decision. And then we just ended up giving him bottles. He is so strong and so fine. You know, like he's a great boy, really strong, really healthy. Like he's never been sick with like anything. He's just so healthy. And then um, Carl, you know, I did feed Carl since he was five months and he's totally grand as well you know like he's you know it was just more convenient to feed him actually yeah. you know um, it was probably better for me to feed him but I was determined not to you know beat myself up about it either way you know with all of them and with Hazel I was thinking you know if she doesn't want to be fed that's fine as well you know but you know I fed her for ages as well and it was just fine and the same with the food like I think you know we can't really beat ourselves up about this you know and it's kind of um, you know like there aren't um I heard just talking to Deirdre Shocknessy about that. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't have... Like, in the hospital, it would have been brilliant for someone to come over and say, this is how you hold your baby when you're trying to feed them. Yeah. Just that. Like, literally, when I went to the lactation consultant, she was like, oh, just hold his neck like this. And I was like, oh, like, that feels like I'm being a bit rough with him. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, you have to do that, you know. So I was just like, all right. And I remember thinking, I've been in here three minutes and we have it solved, like... yeah. You know, so I just think if there was some sort of service like that, it would be a huge benefit. You know, like I think the midwives are fantastic and the nurses, but they're under huge pressure, you see. So I just think basically it needs to be some sort of government thing that they are, you know, that they are trained and that they are given the time to spend the time with patients, you know, and the same with hospital food. Like I'm not going to go into the whole hospital food thing, but obviously it's a disaster. So... I think, you know, if you know someone who's going into hospital to have a baby, bring them, you know, like go to MS or make up little fruit pots or chia puddings. That's what got Hazel to her weight was that I was in a massive chia pudding phase. Really? And I was eating chia puddings every morning and just loved chia seeds. So like, I think all those really good omega-3s and everything went into her. Um, and I remember even I had like frozen chocolate and cherry chia puddings that I'd made up in the freezer. And before we went to the hospital, I took them out of the freezer with me. And I had it then when I went back to the room after I had her. I was just thinking, thank God I yeah. have this stuff with Real me. Food. You know, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember leaving, there was the woman in the bed next to me, I left her a thing of granola. Aww. And it was as if like I was going out of prison before her and I was like, take the granola. And she was like, no. And I was like, no, you need it. Um, but like that, just like pack loads of snacks, like healthy things like, and you know, wa- even bottles of water. Like, yeah. you know. I know because people thought I was mad because that's what I did. I had yeah. in, in the car, like, Packed my bag, you know, the, the hospital bag. Mm. Bought bottles, six, two packs of six packs of water and put them in the boot. And people were like, you know, there's water in cork. It's OK. Yeah. It's not like it's cork water, but, you know, you can handle yeah. it. And I was like, no, because I, I would feel oh, I I just had this thing of and maybe it's a mum thing or maybe it's just like, oh, God, I don't want to be bothering the nurses now yeah. asking for water. And you don't because you're just going to presume this thing, someone else needs that help. and You don't want to be like, sorry, can I have water? So I just brought loads with me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I think it's perfect. And I think it's really funny as well because when people come to visit you in hospital, 
they're usually looking for some sort of snack or something yeah. to drink as well. <laughs> so you end up having like a little picnic in the hospital room. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think really, you know, you, know, you can get really good snacks as well. Like, you know, yeah. just kind of really pure ones as well, which is brilliant. So it's that time where I have to ask you three questions. <gasps> yes. What would you tell your pregnant self? Um, probably, you know, take a bit of time off. You know, like yeah. working for myself and, you know, having to have a column in every single week and everything and kind of um, I'm sort of a bit competitive as well. So but I was only competing against myself, really, you know, <laughs> um, so I think just take a bit of time out, you know, say to your editor, yeah. you know, I'm going to take a month off there, you know, but I'll be back or else like plan ahead would have been super as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, and what one product couldn't you live without? Um, probably my phone does that count as a, yeah. a product yeah so that's like my office and especially now more than ever where like loads of my work is just on my phone like I write articles now in the notes section of my phone um, yeah because I saw um, Nigel Slater wrote one of his books on his iPad and I was thinking oh, like of course you know I could totally do that because yeah. there's loads of times that you know um like my kids don't go to sleep till half nine, ten o'clock at night. You know, you have to bring them to bed at eight. They have their bath, everything. And then you have to like wait outside the room. It's just like, mommy, are you still there? Mommy? It's like, yeah, I'm still here. You know, it's like, mommy. It's like, yeah, I'm still here. You know, so that goes on for like an hour and a half every night. So it's like, I'm on my phone then. So I remember thinking like, oh, it's so frustrating. I need to go and write my article. I need to go and do this or that. But now I just write it all on my phone. So I just write in the notes section and then I just like send it to myself and yeah. then edit it and do everything else then in sort of a Word document. Um, so that's been really beneficial and loads of my work is on Instagram as well. So and then like any recipe videos that I do, I shoot it on my phone, I edit it on my phone, upload it on my phone, everything. That's you know, amazing. It's on my phone. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and it's just a basic iPhone as well, like so it's loads of storage in it. So I just think everything is on my phone, you know, and all those memories, all photographs, every single thing is on my phone, you know. And it's so, um, all backed up to the iCloud, isn't it, Lily? It will be. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I know, I'm beginning to panic, like, oh, don't lose your phone. Um, yeah, I think it is backed up. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I, I saw, I, yeah, I'm going to check in a minute, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it's in a cloud somewhere. Yeah. And what has been your magic moment? Um, probably when Colin brought the two boys up to collect Hazel you know to bring her home from the hospital and to meet her for the first time and everything that was really good um, because I was sharing a room with another um, woman and she had a tiny baby um, I think the baby's only six pounds something and uh, the boys came in they were only like just they had just turned like three and four and they came into the room and they went over to that baby first <laughs> over by the window I don't know why like and they were like oh oh you know but then I said, no, boys, this is Hazel, you know, and they came over and they just recognised her straight away. They were like, Hazel, you know, just knew her straight away that it was her. And I was thinking, oh, this is it now. It's the five of us now. This is, you know, phew, you know, we're all here. We're all accounted for and this is great, you know. So I remember just having that sort of feeling. But they had actually had um, tangled teasers or some sort of twistery ice creams in the car on the way up for some reason. I don't know why. So they were so sticky. But so in all the photos anyway, there's poor Hazel struggling on their lap and they're just like covering her in ice cream. <laughs> but that was, for me now, I was just delighted to see them all together, you know. Yeah. Um, and another moment as well, if I could have two, um, would be when we got married because we were all there oh, as yeah. well. So like Hazel was, you know, a year and a half or something and they were all at the wedding because they would kill me if they weren't, I'd say, yeah. you know, looking back. So thinking, phew, they're all here now for the wedding. Um, and we got a brilliant photographer, Breeder Donovan. She's so good. And just before... 
um, she was saying, didn't you want to photograph with the five of you together? And we were like, oh my God, yeah. So like, we just about got that foot. Like Hazel didn't have any shoes on and the boys, their shirts were all filthy. And, you know, it was just kind of in the middle of the wedding, but we got a photograph of the five of us. So that's kind of, you know, it was lovely just seeing us all together like, oh, we made it. Then we made it to our wedding day. <laughs> so that was really nice, yeah. That's gorgeous. Lily, I've loved meeting you. And what is your Instagram handle? Oh, is it? I think it's like at Lily underscore Higgins. And there might be another underscore another in there underscore. or something. But yeah. is Lily spelled with two L's? Yeah, so it's yes. L-I-L-L-Y. So it's Lillian. Oh. So if my mother's cross, Lillian. But as it's Lily. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at Lily, two L's underscore Higgins underscore. Um, if you want to follow her on Instagram, <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful Instagrams. Her grid is just full of beautifully styled food. And then go to Instagram stories for the real life. Yeah, for the behind, behind the scenes. scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mumkind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmumkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you on the next episode of For All Mumkind. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, William. Thank you. Thank you.